Hello there, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Jason and Dave from Grave Sermon. How are we, lads? All good, Richie. Richie. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man, it's great to have you on the show. Just one of these bands that I was really looking forward to having a chat with, and I'm intrigued to find out what you're up to, basically. Since 2019's release, Watershed Tombed, you've been quiet it mildly yeah is there um, stuff going yeah. on in the background that you can tell us to be honest it's been pretty quiet now with uh, mm. COVID-19 um, yeah. like we're sitting on songs that need to be jammed that we like we were all kind of we were kind of we're firing on all cylinders there for a while before uh, lockdown and we had I can't even remember we had four or five really cool new tracks and we were kind of ironing them out in the rehearsal room. Yeah, stuff was sounding great, but sure, do I need to even say it? Like you know, coronavirus hit, yeah. and mm. it's just all come and to a stop we, now. To be honest, yeah. we had a couple of gigs we were really interested in as well. The um, oh, that's right. Was supposed to be with uh, Overart and with Overart oh, and man, um, I love them. Frost. Uh, yeah, Overart just exceptional band. Yeah. And fraught as well coming through. I think you were mentioning them last week because they yeah. were on um, lovely guys, Cursed Monk as well, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just great band. Jesus, um, they'd be perfect for you, actually. That'd be a fucking. And was that all on the one bill, Dave? Yeah, it was going to be us. Oh, it was going to be Overot, Fraught, uh, Good Trench. If you remember those guys from a few years ago, kind of okay. like a trashy death metal kind of. Really, mm. real heavy, maybe big on the breakdowns. Maybe I'm, I'm a little bit wrong there. It's been a good while since I, I would have listened to them. And a band, Astral Tomb, isn't that the kind of like a newer band that came out there, but they didn't, uh, COVID happened, I suppose. I think they would have been gigging a lot as well. Mm. And um, yeah, we're going to have that, uh, a gig in Fibbers there. The Fraught Lads were organizing it, so they were. Okay. And um, I would have been talking to Andy about that. That was, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. So hopefully mm. we can get that going again. If uh, if we ever get back to normal, and she landed the the clang bill as well, yeah. And that that's another one. Like we don't know what's going to happen with that. It's kind of been postponed and postponed. But yeah. um, we're kind of tentatively, aren't we? Tentatively um, set up for it's August now, isn't it, Jason? Yeah, I the, think so. It's the... been changed so many times. Every so often, um, Mark, our guitar player, forward forward us is on a um, an email saying that it, yeah. it, the organizers, based the promoters, essentially checking who would be available if it was moved mm. forward to this date, and then that happened a couple of times. So, look at. Yeah. It's like everything else. Hopefully, it goes ahead. I'd lo- whatever crowd shows up. I'd love to play the the, the boxing arena if it's still going to be there. Mm. Um, Were any of you at the Testament uh, gig? Yeah, and if you go to that Testament Dead Angel actually, and Exodus, I missed that one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, same as it was same something as. that kind of crept up on me and was like, shit, I would have liked to watch that. You know, no. But the only reason I was interested in it is as a venue, it's uh, it was pretty impressive. As an all-day festival, it might work. It might work for an all-day festival. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, what? I'm not really familiar with the stadium, but I was kind of thinking, I mean, once Candlemas are there and then Zentrix had to pull out with the, the postponement. Mm-hmm. So... They'll be back in again, I, definitely now with all hopefully, this. Yeah. yeah, hopefully, but I've just kind of gone... I hope he does the right thing and kind of, I don't know, he'll have to close off some of it. Like, cause I don't, I don't expect 2000 people getting in. 
in yeah. paying in like you know well no it would be fucking 4,000 gold if it was one of the first ones to be announced that's the well, thing that's the oh, truth yeah you know, now it's a different ball game isn't it yeah oh um, lads I'm not joking yet. how quickly we forget that gig mm-hmm. um, I've seen Dead Angel there was this thing going around Facebook what bands have you seen the most they're, they're up there with Testament Testament I've gone to Testament one more time than Dead Angel but lads just think back when the, you know the excitement of a gig especially American bands coming in and the crack yeah. and the fucking build up <laughs> to it lads I swear I to know. God you know just driving the up the Dublin yeah <laughs> just driving up to Dublin I'm like doing fucking DJ and we're all fucking cracking cans and someone poor unfortunate driving like and we pull in yeah. get to the hotel <laughs> fuck the gear bags in and then you're off to Fibbers or wherever and just meeting yeah. everybody oh lads God we had it so good Fucking hell. Oh, we did, we did, we did, we did. I think we did. I think some of us did anyway, you know, especially going up to Dublin, you'd fucking, you'd want to appreciate it, you know, three hours of fucking. If you're you're making the big day of it. You were always the unfortunate driver though, Jason, weren't you? Oh, one. When, the, when I'm playing gigs, yeah. Well, I have to fucking drag all my drum gear when I'm playing a gig. So it's like I can count on one hand the amount of gigs that I've played where I've been able to get drunk afterwards, like, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're always dragging gear back and driving home. And, and what's you know? the and I, car or van of choice for Grave Sermon? Well, mine is a uh, uh, Mondeo, uh, fucking Ford Mondeo. We don't have a van, Legion mm-hmm. Wolves. We're, I mean, Legion Wolves, we don't have That's a van. Right, yeah. It's kind of just do it yourself. So trying to stuff the gear into the Mondeo. I have put I, the majority of my drum kit into the Mondeo. That's two bass drums and five toms and mm. the rack, the hardware. And then you get to the gig and your man's like, oh, you have two bass drums. Yeah, I told you I have two bass drums. Oh, well, I've only one mic. Uh, okay. I asked you, could you cater for two bass drums, bud? Yeah. <laughs> After dragging all this crack up, crap up, now we can't even use it. You know? It's but, like a um, game of Tetris. Is it trying to stack all that into the car? Like? Oh, I, mm. it, you know, I did it. I did it for years as a DJ. I know the fucking yeah. crack, man. It's just fucking. And everyone else sits down effort. and watches it. Yeah, like it's a it's a forty minute load up. Uh, yeah. You get to the venue, try and park, and then it's forty minutes pulling it in, going through people, yeah. and then setting it up, and then that's for me as a DJ. And then like yeah, three hours playing, then fucking three hours playing. Yeah, and then another forty-five minutes putting it out through drunk and fucking annoying Ooh, people oh. you know and then and always the gear to be still smelling the smoke which is fucking wrecks yeah. my head because like, people <laughs> can't smoke and pose but it's still smelling the smoke I know yeah it's coming in through the exit like you know but uh, there'll always be that uh, that one person standing in front of your way you're stood there with like a bass drum over your head or something and you're like excuse me can you get you can see him standing there like and mm. I'm trying to get through will you get out of my way like you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's at two o'clock in the morning when everyone's drunk you're yeah. sober you're after playing the gig you're soaked and sweating you're, the anger starts to kick in you know? <laughs> get the fuck out of my way already you know <laughs> like we'd say when you get home then Jason do you unload when you get home or you know wait till the next day um, and- well my drum room is in my parents house so okay oh depending on how i feel i might drop the gear off at the parents house or i'll bring it home to my own house like if it's the full that could be like half two three in the morning is that yeah uh, if it's the full drum kit 
I'll bring it home to my parents' house and uh, load it into the um, the drum room. And if it's just breakables, cymbals, kick pedal stuff like that, I'll just bring it into my own house. You know, mm. sure, I've three or four of everything now at this stage. Like, you know, it doesn't <laughs> you can have, you can have a snare drum and cymbals in this house and that house. And, yeah. you know. Let's talk so. about a trip you made down to us actually in Cork uh, for Monolith. Yeah. How did that come about? First of all, and did you enjoy it? Dave, can can you recall how it came about? I let you yeah. start. I'll... Yeah, I was just I just asked the uh, con. I'm pretty sure. Um, Shout out to Con. God, I don't even think we had anything. Yeah, um, I don't think we had anything even really fully recorded. Then maybe just like a rough demo from the practice room or something with no vocals. And um, go away. Yeah, you so. like... just we, yeah. we were. Yeah, we were just <laughs> doing our best to get something out. And uh, he just he just gave us a chance to do it. Like he can open that there if he's come on down. So we said, yeah, absolutely. And he's um, a lovely bloke, that chap. Yeah, uh, sound out, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and you met Ralph as well. He was setting up all the gear. Oh, I remember Ralph, the yeah, the stage manager. Beard. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely bloke. Yeah, really calm. Like if there was, if there was a panic happening, he was able to calm people down and say, "Listen, you'll get your full time on stage." Mm. And I remember him actually, lovely bloke. Yeah, that yeah. was great. The sound was excellent. That oh, was really good. The fucking was sound. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even what the a venue! Town. Yeah, mm. the venue was amazing for it. Like, yeah, mm. oh, brilliant. Come here, um, Richie. Till I ask you, like, would that be a regular venue for like bands, big bands, international bands coming over? Is that get used? So big used for the likes of Steel Panther now. Who would yeah, call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are the fucking the Darkness Therapy? All those right. bands, you know. From really, yeah, mm. they're quite big. Like for playing, yeah. I suppose there is a good. You would pack a couple of hundred in, wouldn't mm. you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, oh, it was a beautiful venue. That was only open a few months, lads. When you got in there, like, because a lot of us hadn't oh, really? been in there, right. and that was our first time going in there. If you know what I mean, because it's it, yeah. to make money as well. So it, they open it for like DJs, foreign DJs and stuff as well. You know, there's a few different things, acts playing yeah. there. But yeah, it's, um, oh yeah, it's definitely um, a place to be proud of in Cork anyway as a venue, you it know. Was, it was uh, it was easy to know that it was new because it was spotless. Like mm. I went yeah, backstage yeah. and there was there was power showers and I was like, this is a metal venue and they have showers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Woohoo! I was delighted. The lads were like, oh, you got three pints. And I'm like, oh, I got a shower. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. I go back in the morning. Like, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I can give me the room where Rot in Christ were in, you know. So I interviewed them mm. on the day as well. I'm fucking oh, gents. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so I, I was, I kind of had free reign there. I think I did maybe three or four bands um, that day. King Witch was one of them as well. Oh, they were great. The Scottish band, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Heavy metal. Well, was that female vocalist with them? Female yeah? vocalist, Real yeah. powerful vocals yeah. on yeah. it. Yeah, brilliant. I really enjoyed them. They were brilliant. Yeah, Jamie and Laura Gilchrist. That's who it was. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic day. Did you stay the night or did you travel back? I think I, I had to go night, home. But... Yeah, I I yeah. stayed for. Did I? I think I drank one of the free pints, <laughs> and then <laughs> went after that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I do remember because my car was messed up that day. Actually, the alternator was gone, yeah. but uh, like the drive home. But I got I made it anyway, so And you stayed down, Dave, yeah? Yeah, uh, I was just rotten Christ that night. Oh my god. It was like like watching Iron Maiden headline or something, you know? Wasn't it? Was, it was unbelievable. Mm. The rock, the shapes they were throwing, you know. 
just that uh, I brought I brought a couple of friends with me. We said we'd go down and we'd stay in Cork, have the crack and hang out like and uh yeah, I think uh, I think your one fell in love with uh, <laughs> with the bassist, the big oh, the yeah, big strong fella in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Christ, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looked like something out of a hair metal band, you know, with the, yeah, the physique and the hair and everything. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, they were great, and Damien were great that day as well. Oh, I'd be a big Dam- fan of those, yeah. those guys from years. Yeah, or Dam, fucking, as they used to be called. Yeah, um, Jesus, they were outstanding as well. Uh, and Punch and Stench, he just assembled a great cast of bands yeah. and fucking everyone yeah. brought it sodomized cavadier is it uh, cadaver, f- yeah, cadaver yeah. yeah but they were so funny as well cadaver. just the little um the little jokes that make before the songs and stuff like that yeah i just big fan of them now ever since mm, yeah so it just goes to show that like you know if it's done right and you get the right bill in and, and people did come. Uh, but again, you know, the Cork scene and Limerick scene, you start to get to know familiar heads. And yeah. still there was certain people missing. And it was a fucking bank right. holiday weekend and they shouldn't be fucking missing. They should be there, you know. And you're going, I know, ah. I know. When the promoter and the bands go to such effort, like it's nice mm. to show up and give them a crowd. But like speaking of that um, festival, the, the, follow, the follow-up to that, that didn't happen because of COVID, yeah, that was an even bigger lineup. I can't. Who was it? Cancer were on it. Cancer benediction. Cancer, I think. Yeah. Benediction. I was like, I am He's there. I'm going to see benediction. Yeah. Oh God, the new album and the whole shebang. Like I seen them in Birmingham with Boltrower about fucking what? About Did 15, you? Yeah, yeah, about oh, fifteen years ago. Man. It was class. We, were, myself and Corey, we were staying in the juries and Birmingham was on a main street. I can't remember so well. But like you'd walk down this nice main street, you know, with fucking hotels and business buildings either side. And then we turned down this alley. And it was like walking into an industrial park. We just did, the landscape just changed and everything got started to look a bit run down, you know. <laughs> We're walking along. Yeah, the venue's meant to be down this way. And there was the venue anyway. Um, what what was gig. the venue, Jay? What was the name of the venue? Can you I remember? Can't, I can't remember. It wasn't, it wasn't one of names. the bigger ones, like, no? No, what I'm saying, it was like, I don't know, maybe a thousand capacity, but it was all okay. standing. And um, it was kind of an old, like it wasn't, a sh- it was like the street we came off, every building was shiny, like, and then you turn down this alleyway okay. and it was just like, okay, mm. where are we now? Yeah. We're not in Kansas anymore. And <laughs> it was an, it was an old, older building, but, um, you know, fully functional or whatever. And uh, I have to say, Benediction tore the faces oh, off us, man. man. They what were better than bowl thrower, were they? I, look, Corey is the biggest bowl thrower fan in the world. Mm. And he turned around that night and said, Benediction just destroyed everyone. Like mm. it was just the drum sound and everything that yep. uh what was that album they had out at the time? Killing music or something like that. Is it was it? What year now is it again? Oh two thousand and it was two thousand and five or six, mm. something like that. And um just the drum sound on that album and it just seems that they were able to replicate that on stage like playing live and everything was just a skank beat like toka 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 this fucking and the the vocalist that they had back then I know Dave Ingram is back now but the vocalist before he was just just in this real vicious style like you know he's mm. really snarling when he came up to the front of the mm. stage and it just blew us away like well yeah. well then again I was probably so drunk when ball throw came on that I kind of didn't fully appreciate it but I've yeah. only done that once or twice in my life but 
you couldn't deny the power of benediction that yeah. night. Like. Yeah, it's very handy, Birmingham, because we were seriously looking at Birmingham in relation to getting across the gigs rather than... Yeah, London. Um, rather London. than London. London and Dublin sometimes, because we can fly directly from Cork to Birmingham. That's only Isn't a 50-minute yeah. flight. That's all it is. Compared It'd be to quick driving, if you go to another country. Yeah. yeah. Rather than driving three miles up or three hours up the fucking motorway, 45 minutes in Birmingham and you're there for the day. You get in early, you get in around half nine, ten. So what we did was we saw Power Trip um, in Hellfest. So the following year, which was 2018, maybe or it was mm. 2009. Yes, sure. It was 2019. Um, Lama God creator on power trip were hitting Birmingham I so. thought you were cursing there for a second <laughs> I thought you couldn't think of the name of the band you went Lama God <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I have no interest in Lama God but um, Neither just I, know. I just said to Timmy my mate I said look we'll fucking go to power trip fuck the rest like creator yeah. or grand I've seen creator there's another band I've seen times, a rake yeah. of times as well but and um, they always deliver like they know? do they're outstanding life they're outstanding yeah. life but it's just even more poignant now that Riley died you know fucking hell with power trip oh god yeah yeah forgot about it. like I've never really listened to them much but I do remember the, the young mm. fella was he the guitar player singer singer, singer. Jesus. yeah 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 in his 30s wasn't he Ah, he was young, yeah. Fucking great, great vocalist, man. The presence, like you just knew that yeah. you're in the presence of a, a of a potential kind of star, like of the show. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's dead. Like he's dead. Got on RTE news to star. It fucking did, man. It was just Jesus. I wasn't watching. Yeah. Wasn't minding. Yeah, that's ah, tragic. No matter what, like you know. Mm. But do, uh, I'm going to bring like you that. back to uh, Monolith. What? Did you play the three songs off the EP or what? What was your set list that day? Can you remember? I How think we only had like, have? we had about five or six songs written at that stage and yeah, they all so, got played. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably you know? tell you, we would have played those three songs. We have an intro that's kind of a slow sort of a doomy, doomy kind of a two or three minute sort of a little, uh, little intro into the set and it kind of builds up. Um, and then we had, God almighty, what was the name of that first song we wrote with Gavin, Jason? The real trashy one. I could sing the riff for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we we would have had a couple of early songs written and maybe, um, yeah, because at that stage, I think we had um, Greg would have just joined us. Greg from yeah, Parhelia. Yeah, big you shout would, out to Greg. On there. Dude. How, hopefully we'll yeah. see that man again soon. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's itching at the bit to get back at it as mm. well, you know. And um, I think that was, was that his first gig with us? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. And um, because I yeah, didn't realize, so I didn't realize he had joined G at that stage because I was just looking at pictures of Monolith there and I thought Gavin was still with you at that stage. And then when I was going through the mm. pictures, uh, shout out to Shane Horn, um, he took the pictures. He I went, great. Jesus great. Christ. Yeah. That's fucking Greg from Barhelia. And I went, fucking hell, he joined then. Mm. Yeah, you he's see, Greg, he's, oh, he's, well, you know yourself if you listen to Celestial uh, Horizons, he's just an unbelievable musician. But uh, brings a lot to the band as well, a huge amount to the band as well. But um, he, our guitarist, it's all, you know, true friends and stuff, because we had Gavin originally, mm. and then um, 
we brought in Mark to help bolster us up a little bit. Tempor- Everybody that joined me was, was always temporarily, but we just wouldn't <laughs> let them go. Uh, <laughs> that was it, yeah. I think he was going to join us, kind of just help us out, but we managed to snare him. And then, um, and then we got Corey in to join us to help us for a gig. We could not get a bass player. And sure, Corey's one of them lads who are just like, this is what the sound- song sounded like. Can you play him? Yep. And um, so Corey joined us, same thing again. He was helping us out, but we we're like, you're not going anywhere. And <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, and um, for him. And then Mark works with Greg, actually. So um, we got Greg on board that way and he came in and he just sort of, I suppose he wanted to do something different, you know, um, kind of different to his yeah. Perhelia stuff. And, but yeah. Greg can produce and everything. Like he's a serious, um, talented dude, like. To have in, yeah. 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 And um, such a lovely guy. I was on. Um, I was on with Trevor uh, McCormack. Yeah. On uh, t- Cranium Titanium. And Shout out to yeah, Trev. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hi, Trev. Um, but it was like I was just saying to to Trevor that um, it was just so easy to get on with Greg. Like it was just he walked in and it was like, "Jeez, I know this guy all my life." It was like, um, just similar interests, easy going guy, intelligent bloke. He's kind of up to the job. Just so easy to work with. Into the music and so Mm. easy to work with because Mm. like he knows. Like it's not it's not like when we were fecking young young fellas and you're kinda you're kinda trying to suss each other out. (laughs) Yeah, but you're could be fumbling over a riff or something in the (laughs) band room for fecking hours. It's you know what works and you know what doesn't work and you know what Mm. you need to go away and do at home on your own or Mm. you know. So that was it, yeah. You'd never have to worry about like did Not Gavin write most of the first EP, Whitewash Tomb? Gavin, I think Gavin yeah. Dorn wrote all of it. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. He would have. Gavin wrote would have wrote would have wrote all of the first four or five tracks that the band had. You know. Okay. Well, yeah, Mark was Mark would have come in and and kind of helped polish those off as well. Mm. Yeah, I think. But um, the, the, the door, timeline's all a bit blurry. Yeah, but like, uh, are, where are you all from? Are you all were you all from different places? Like, where mm. are you from, lads? I'm from Kildare, anyway. Okay, I, I live in live in Kildare. Um, okay. Corey Corey's from Kildare, um, ah. the county. Like, yeah. Gavin is a Kildare man. Um, and then Greg Mark is. A, sorry, go ahead. I t- is Mark from. County Kildare, but living in Dublin. He lives in Dublin. And, <laughs> yeah, and Greg is a dub living in Wicklow. Uh, I knew it was Wicklow, yeah. yeah. I was trying to yeah. think where he was. And I'm yeah. a Carlo man living in yeah. Wicklow as well, yeah. So okay. um, yeah. I've been living up in Bray here for the last number of years. But basically, it kind of happened because um, Jason went to put out um, an advertisement looking for musicians because we were going to do basically... Angel Corpse worship at fucking, you know, uh, dist- like just absent, just, you know, evil insanity kind of music and um, sounded right up my street. And uh, we were going ahead and we were going to do that. And I knew it gets- I would have known Jason and Corey from years ago because I used to play in a band called Grand Ruin back years and years ago. And Jace would have been a Legion of Wolves and Abad yeah. Incarnate and Primal Dawn. So I would have seen mm-hmm. Primal Dawn years and years ago a lot and Abaddon and uh, Dice, uh, Dice Innister Bloom that Corey used to play in and stuff so I was aware of those lads and um, so when Jay posted that ad up I was looking for a band for a long time so I just jumped on that I was like yeah we'll do that and I remember going to meet you Jay and we're, we listened to the last Primal Dawn album that had never been released I actually oh, yeah. think there was some chat about that on the Metal Forum the other day actually 
And um, all right, yeah, I must go on and have a listen. Go <laughs> have a little, have a little look. But um, <laughs> yeah. what you call it? Uh, yeah. So you gave me a listen to that, and it's like this is the kind of stuff we're going to do. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's fucking do it. And then we, I was like, I know a guitarist because I had been jamming with Gavin once or twice, but it was kind of stuff, very modern, kind of kind of clean death metal, you know, like the revocation style of death metal okay. and stuff. It wouldn't really be my thing at all. But um, we were kind of doing that just as something to do, and that didn't pan out. And so I was like, I know this fella, Gavin. And we got Gavin in, and he wasn't a death metal head at all. Really? Um, was he yeah. younger than He looks young. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's younger in his mid-20s. Yeah. Um, okay. But... Uh, Probably late 20s at this late stage. Late 20s, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, but so Still a but boy. He, was e- he was eager to give it a go, you know, and he had some real nice style of playing. So me and Jason just sort of were like, play faster, play faster. Pam, you know? <laughs> 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 <Pan me more. laughs> well, never forget what it was. The poor chap <laughs> were just like, that's great, just play it faster. Uh, yeah. That's a really nice riff, but can you play it any I, faster? Jason <laughs> wanted was, his blast beats, I suppose. That's yeah. It, yeah. There you like, go. Now, that's the second thing in your life that's ever given you a cramp in your wrist, boy. <laughs> 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 you know, fucking play it faster. I need it to be 220. Let's go. Oh, but he rose to the occasion, man. The, yeah. the riffs and the songs that he wrote were... Fucking hell. It was just yeah. amazing. I said it to Trevor that, like, he'd never... Who were Angel Corpse? Who were Immortal? Oh, I think I heard of Emperor. You know, but then, like, have a listen to this, have a listen to this, have okay. a listen to this. And then a week later, he'd walk in with something. I'd be like, "Oh, that's gold. Mm. That's begging for a blast beat to play." You know, yeah, if you yeah, speed yeah, that yeah, riff yeah. up, I'll blast over. It was, just, you know, yeah. it was great that way. Like, and we we fucked around for God a long time, didn't we? Just three of us, just kind of yeah, like we were just like Jamming. a power trio. We had no bass basis, but he had an awful lot of groove to his music and stuff. So to to his riff, so we just kind of nailed down the sound that way, just through trial and error. And then, um, and then when Mark came in, Mark Mark was with ASEC. He used to be the singer for ASEC. Yeah, um, multi talented. He's seriously talented guy, that dude. And um, so yeah, he joined in, and he's just a, just a polished guitar player, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Just like real tight, real, just super professional guy. And um, yeah, and then we just were able to kind of build up our. We're able to basically write the finished EP and kind of flesh mm. out our sound a little bit more that way. And then yeah. Gavin decided to, emig- he was going to emigrate to Australia. So we wanted to kind of get him in the studio beforehand. Because, oh. uh, so, you know, he deserves to have that done. He deserves to have those songs recorded because he wrote them. And then, yeah. uh, and we got a gig, <laughs> which is basically glorified practice. And then he went off to Australia and then eventually Greg came in and we just started. Yeah. That, we how just did about- you, did you know Gavin through Axis Symmetry? Gavin Doyle? Yeah, well, I knew him through Axel Symmetry. I played gigs with Legion of Wolves and Axel um, for years previous, like a good few Mm. years. And we knew what Gav was up to. And I just went on the website and listened to what he'd recorded and thought like, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to, that's going to be, he got a lovely filthy sound out of it, you know. Mm. It is. It's nasty. Yeah, yeah. It is nasty. Like, yeah. Um, uh, it suits. Like, yeah. Mm. Like the, the, like. If I would be doing an album, I'd want to. I'd want to step up in sound production, but like, it's it's a nice starter. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, the sound Considering production. We, came in, we did that in what two days, kind of a thing. So it was kind yeah, of very two much or three days. Mm. and true, yeah, he was so it's, good to work it, with. Oh, he's Gavin is brilliant. Mm. Jeez, he's a gentleman, like, and he's mm. very accommodating and everything. You know, he's again easy to work with. Nice bloke, interesting bloke. I'm willing to kind of step outside his own comfort zone and try different things as well. Anything yeah. that we wanted to uh, suggest, he was like, "Yeah, give that a try. No worries." And very accommodating and. Will this work for you? Will that work for you? Do you want to try it this way? And you know, just a good producer and a good bloke, you know. And how yeah. ironic then the the EP cover then with the sisters of mm. where where yeah. was this? Yeah, um, this was a tune, the Bon Secours order. Yeah, yeah, Bon Secours. Imagine, fuck me, I don't know how many people even know that he had that out. The whole concept, Dave, and lyrics. Um, I will suggest to you, and I'd I'd love if you'd oblige, is you know on Bandcamp, where where you're obviously where you put mm. up your songs, there's a section there that you can actually put in for lyrics. Yeah, I thought about right. that. Perhaps I should, especially I'd with everything. I'd love that... to see him, man. The best deliveries in death metal sometimes, you know, lyrics are lost in relation mm. to the whole sound and the way the vocalist delivers it. And man, I really would love if you could actually take the time and get them lyrics up. I'll do that, actually. Nice. I'll do that during the week because um, it is something we are, we kind of were very, when we saw that the t- that the report had come out, like, um, because that's what White Sepulchre is. That's about the tomb laundry. That's what they used to call it, the White Sepulchre, a whitewashed tomb. Yeah, so, I mean, that's basically what that whole song is about. It's yeah. just about um, not to glorify it, like uh, Catherine Corliss. I was watching a couple of documentaries of Catherine Corliss who sort of whistle blew the whole thing or unveiled the whole thing. And, um, you know, we all knew what happened there, you know, Mm. to begin with. But just watching that was kind of like, just profound. Yeah, a profound thing to watch. It's a national shame, lads. There's no other way to fucking describe it, like. Absolutely, yeah. That's it, exactly. It's, yeah, it's something to be ashamed ashamed of. And and the way it was handled and the way it was dealt with. So the way I kind of approached that then was to kind of, for the lyrics for that song, that song actually came together in about 24 hours between the band and myself, but um, it was, everything in that was just uh, stuff she had said or stuff that was taken directly from the reports. Um, so, so yeah, I actually, I probably should, I should post that up just to, for a bit of context. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had been kind of talking about that and we hadn't considered the cover, but Greg actually brought that cover, brought that photograph to our attention That's because right, he had, yeah. um, he had seen that before. And it just, he just said, I have an idea. Like, and it's, it's a, it was in creative commons, you know, we didn't have to pay for it or anything like that. And hopefully I don't think we're going to get done for it, but um, yeah, it just, it was the perfect kind of, that photo almost like people think it's something that we create, like if they're not aware of it, maybe they are now, but mm-hmm. that we had photoshopped it a lot or that we had created the, the image that they had, but that was just, that's incredible, man. That was just what they had. We blurred out the babies, I think. Uh, which was yeah, we weren't sure what way to go about it. What you know, not to kind of yeah, yeah. Not it to, doesn't matter. The the, the whole yeah. picture tells us tells a fucking yeah. thousand stories. But as but, I uh, said, I'd love exactly, if yeah. Eric's were at that man and just fucking they deserve to be seen. What about the other two songs that you wrote the lyrics to them as well? Is to the Sin Eater? Is it? Did you do the lyrics to that? I wrote the lyrics to S out of Sin Eater, and Jason wrote the lyrics to. Uh, um, motionless terror. Motionless terror. Mm. Sorry. Um, yeah, to motionless terror, which is like just a. Uh, I'll let Jason talk about that one, but the S out of Sin Eater is just about. Um, 
there's an old practice in kind of Wales and England and stuff kind of um, that ran sort of parallel to their Catholic beliefs. You know, the way we had the same thing here in Ireland with like uh, the little pagan traditions yeah. that were included in Christianity and stuff. Mm. So it was this idea that like uh, when a person dies that uh, there's a person kind of prescribed in each village that's a sin eater. They're almost like a pariah. And mm. this would have went on till maybe like maybe in the 1700s, the 1800s kind of thing. It would have been kind of wound down then. What their job was to come to the house and to eat a meal over the body, like uh, bread and salt out of a little uh, maple wood bowl. And, um, and they would absorb the, that person's sin. And they'd yeah. carry all the sins of everybody in the, in the village, so to speak. And, um, and then when they'd eaten a the meal, they'd be, you know, they'd be fucked out of the house, basically, and <laughs> kind of basically get out of the house and slinking off back down to their little to wherever they lived on the edge of the village or, you know, uh, with their family and stuff. And it's sort of like a family, a generational occupation, you know, so the family business, so to speak. And, <laughs> across that and I thought it was so interesting and so morbid, like I just had to do something with it. But um, where, do you, where do you go to college to become a senior? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get paid for it? <laughs> well, you get to eat. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get to eat, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As salt as you can, as you can manage. And then, Gay wrote Motionless Terror there, which is just uh, your classic death metal yeah. kind of trashing and trashing, isn't it? We're going to listen yeah. to that because it's one of my favorite tracks. So it's pretty good, all right. I like we'll it. give it a spin. <laughs> um.
weather for a finish. <laughs> you had fun. You definitely had fun. <laughs> It's a weird feeling sitting there listening to... Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of like... <laughs> Evokes a lot of memories. Away. Yeah. Oh, it was like it was yesterday being in the... in the. Um, and you studio, need yeah? to hear tracks like that on headphones. I don't give a shit what you say. Um, yeah, it's so intricate. Out of a, like... Blasting out of a fucking car stereo, you miss so much. You know, that's yeah, where I, I listen to a lot of my music is on the car stereo. Well... We panned a lot of the. I know you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I find you're people fun. They're like, "Where's the other half of that? Where's the riff gone?" And you're like, "Ah, oh, you need to do the headphones." Yeah, yeah, yeah it's panned. Yeah, mm. um, universally panned. The lyrics for that are, I, I kind of like them. You know, they're simple and brutal. Um, it was just to think, like I write a lot of the lyrics for Legion of Wolves and then a couple of times I sat down and went to Dave, what do you think it is? And he's probably, you know, they're probably Legion of Wolves uh, lyrics rather. I think I said riffs a moment ago, I meant lyrics. Mm. Um, and I was kind of right, so I need to get away from that mindset of I'm not writing for Legion of Wolves. Well, what do I write then, you know? And I just... I'd watched the new Hel Halloween movie, the uh, thousand and what was it, two thousand and eighteen one. Was that the Rob Zombie one? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is the last one that was done. Um, okay. With I just Jamie lost, lost interest. Yeah. You know, I, I did watch well, Rob Zombie's one. Yeah. Um, this is Jamie Lee Curtis and the whole lot in it again, and um, I was kind of going. The trailers looked really good, so I went and watched it anyway, and. It was as good as it could be. I enjoyed it, like, and the, just mm. the brutality of the killing in it. <laughs> so I was kind of influenced by that, and I went, Ash, look, I'll just write this really extreme, vicious, dark, brutal song, and if the money uses it, we can use it. And that was it. Like, it's so, it's so easy to write, like, just your only thought has to be make it brutal and extreme, like, you know? Like, how can I say that in a more vicious manner? You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's fun. It's an it easy way fun. to write. Some of, some of the lines in that song are just like, yeah. you know, you'd be laughing saying it because they're so over the top, but they're brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> there is a black humor to it, like for sure. <laughs> but the way the way that song kind of came about as well, it's different because you, uh, Jason, wrote the the vocal line as well. So it's like. Uh. You can tell it's a drummer's thing. And it's really, really fun to sing as well. Like, you know, yeah, it's really like, I always say it's like a deicide type of vocal line, like the, you know, the way he does it. Yeah. Very influenced by deicide, I suppose. And I don't Slayer, Slayer vocal patterns always seem to come out in my lyrics. That's interesting. Yeah. I think when I first started writing lyrics, I was I was after reading the inlay cards to uh, to seasons, and I was kind of influenced by that, you know. And it, every now that's, and again, yeah. I I'd be writing lyrics for um, Legion, and I'd kind of go, "No, that's that's too Slayer. Like I can't put that in." You know what I mean? Yeah. That that was that was back then. I have to come on from from that. Uh, so I think whatever, was seasons know? more or less. That was more or less about horror. A lot of it. One today again and all that. Was that from what I can remember? You know, Dead skin mask and all that. Was that seasons? Yeah. Well, that was about was Ed actually, Gein, yeah. the serial killer. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of society. Yeah. I don't know. But then you had War Ensemble. I think there was a lot of different teams in that album. You know. Mm. Which um, is this? Is it your favorite Slayer one? Some of it is, 
like War Ensemble, Hollowed Point, Spirit and Black, fucking phenomenal. Um, and here, there's no better video for a heavy or a trash metal band than the video for Seasons in the Abyss. Yeah. Like, I love, I love South of Heaven, I love Rain and Blood, mm. anything. That's the trilogy, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Sean of Mercy is a different feel, but it's... It's a different it's feel, of, yeah. Different it's band. probably more, yeah, slightly leaning towards speed metal, metal as well. Yeah, speed metal, and but it's 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 probably it's probably more evil sounding than yeah, yeah let's actually. say seasons. Yeah. Seasons is more powerful. Mm. Yeah, and then did well did a lot of groove on seasons as well, like but that crept in on South of Heaven as well, but. Who says you can't do that? Like, you can't write yeah. rain and blood every year. Do you know you what? Know? I'm half fucking glad they've fucking pulled the plug on it, really, at this stage, you know? What do ah, you think, yeah. Dave? Are you a big fan of Slayer? Yeah, I'd be a big fan of um, probably up to Divine Intervention. Um, Divine Intervention was good, yeah. But mm. I loved Diabolus when I was a young fella, you know, because that was Jesus. bubbled out, you know. I know, That's, I know. You're yeah. unique there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying it stands up, but I used to listen to that nonstop. But um, yeah, I'd be a big fan of the, the earlier stuff. Hell Awaits, Rain mm. of Blood, Sean yeah, Hurst. Yeah. Hell Awaits was savage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when Gary Holt joined, Hell Awaits was his favourite one. Like he, he insisted on them playing a few tracks on, on the live performances, you know. That and Chemical Warfare. Oh, yeah. Chemical Warfare. I have the 12 inch oh, EP of that geez. somewhere. Just re- it's just relentless, like Isn't you it? Know? Yeah, yeah. That's when you Did knew that they were heading repentless. in the right direct, heading in the right direction. I thought Chemical Warfare was the one you just go, holy shit, this is actually yeah. they're moving up a level here. The riffs were so good, and it was so relentless, like. Yeah, and the you know the rhythms. Lombardo made the band in the early ah, days. I stop. think, of course, he did. Know, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know that that chorus riff of the band. It's just that's all him. I would imagine, you know. Mm. Now, yeah. getting back so, to your first gig, did you know Dar from Invictus? You were with Vomitor and Incessant. Yeah, I knew Dara from years ago when I was at Primal Dawn and when Invictus oh, okay, were first starting out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he kind of promoted Primal Dawn for a while. Mm. Back then, I don't know. Oh, I remember six. Primal Dawn playing Nancy Spain's. Nancy Spain's, did we? Yeah, we probably Cork. did, yeah. yeah oh, I'd... yeah, I nearly fell off the drum stool. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, I do remember that, sweating the buckets. Yeah, we played with Carnoon Rising, I remember. We're on that fest. Um, or was that the, that was the, the Krushkin lawn maybe instead oh, of oh was the Krushkin lawn so what yeah. did you say uh, Nancy Spain's um, Primal Dawn played with fucking Scavenger some power metal band from Drogheda oh yeah from Drogheda um, I remember it's Scavenger yeah he recorded in the same place as them didn't he because we uh, did the room, we recorded there as well actually in whatever in Mad Dog yeah, yeah. Dooley yeah that's yeah. it <laughs> Jesus, it's coming back, man. Yeah. There you go. So, like, I mean, like, back in Cork, back then, there was, like, the Judgment Chemical, and Nancy Spain's was the main source. And so we all went to see Obituary there, you know, Cerebral Fix. um, Cerebral Fix, guys, aren't they? Yeah, Zentrix Paradise Lost, they all would have played there, you know. And then mm-hmm. everything moved then from Nancy's to Krushkin Lawn then. So as I said today, I, like, I mean, I, like, I'm on a mart, fucking Triptychon, 
Uh, hail yeah. of bullets, fucking hail of That's bullets. That's right, Winterfest, yeah. Winterfest, yeah, yeah I remember that. Mm-hmm. I didn't go they down Corey was playing it with Gassa he was in Gassa at the time and they played that but I was fucking mad into Hail of Bullets I couldn't make it down I think I was working or something Ed's the drummer with them man he's some fucking drummer Ed uh, Ed Warby yeah, yeah he's brilliant Gorefest mm-hmm. as well like if you hear the, if you hear the Gorefest album Rise to Ruin the drum sound like if you could just click a button that would be your drum sound my god and he's just phenomenal on it like you know yeah. blast beats the whole shebang you know mm-hmm. He is excellent. That first Hail of Bullets album. Oh, oh across the moor. Still on yeah, my playlist, man. I still listen to it. Yeah, it's it's the best out of the three, I think. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'll give it that didn't one. They re- <laughs> didn't they record their video at that point? In... I, think I think maybe Jim from Sirocco would have been doing the... I remember because everybody got like a DVD of their performance. And really? Really? Fuck. Yeah, yeah, we got like a like a really good quality DVD of our performance that night, and um, and I'm pretty sure Hail of Bullets maybe maybe they made a music video or an official DVD or something like that, but they used the footage for something rather because they had two professional Jesus. cameramen there doing the thing. It was really, really. Well, it was really they, um, I can't remember that. No, I was at it obviously, but fucking hell, it was usually 2008, 2007, something like that. Was yeah, yeah. they brought they brought out an EP after the album of Frost and War. They brought out an EP called. Um, Warsaw Rising I think yes, it was and that's some song <laughs> yeah I think there was a video for that which would have had live footage mixed kind of mixed over war scenes and battle scenes if I recall correctly okay. yeah that could okay. have been what they've well it could be what you're talking about there Dave I'm not mm. sure man oh it could be <laughs> it's, it's a long time ago now it's a long, long time yeah, ago it's mental and as, as musicians lads you think the scene has changed much from then yeah yeah quite a bit what, I think the world so? I, I think the world has changed and I think that has changed the metal scene in general worldwide because I was, o- I believe it or not, I was only thinking in the last two days, like, and Corey, our bass player, has said this so many times about, do you know, like he'd remember back when, you know, you'd buy a, ma- a metal mag and it'd be, oh, the new Emanation album is coming out. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Everybody in Metal Ireland's you know, fucking if there was websites then they were talking about it, metal stations, the whole lot. Here comes the new Immolation album. Mm. And now they just release an album and you're like, oh, oh they have a new, new album. album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's three years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it maybe it's it, maybe it's me as well, but I just think everything is moving so fast with the internet. You miss out on stuff. And nothing is a big deal anymore. You yeah. know, I remember going to Slayer and the FX, SFX and going to Maiden in the Point and you were like, I came home from recording the Abaddon and Carnate album in Sweden. I came home early because I was going to the Point to watch Maiden. Like, hmm. I just, nothing seems like a big deal anymore. Yeah. So That's you're kind of going... Entertainment is like so now that like, it's the same reason you can never get like a... You're, you know, like TV stars aren't as big and musicians in general aren't as big because there's so many options. I mean, that's if, it. if you think about what a 17 or 18 or 16 year old kid, you know, trying to get into the scene, there's always going to be a handful that'll break through, but they have so many other things to do that it's not even, I, I think of it, it must be like when I was a young fella and you'd see the old, the old rocker boys, you know, like the lads who only listened to Def Leppard and stuff like that and they'd have their mullets going on and you'd be like, oh, gee. 
Jesus Christ. And they come up and they try to tell you, oh, your music's nothing, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. And well, why don't you, you know, why don't you do this sort of a thing and stuff? And I, I often wonder, are we like, are we like that now? You know, I still think it's like you see an album cover, like, oh, that's badass. You know, that's like, I see this like a. But Dave, oh, you're looking at that album cover on a fucking screen, not in your hands. That's, that's it. true. That is true. Uh, but it's, um, you know. I just think that they, they don't have the the opportunity even to kind of to kind of do that to kind of go to go up to Dublin go down to Sound Cellar and mm. pick up three or four albums that you've been dying to or maybe you pick up three or four albums because you only seen the cover you know you're like yeah. that looks yeah that looks insane I'm gonna buy yeah. that like yeah. that's why we, that's why we start listening to Maiden because you're like Christ look at that guy oh that's Eddie look at that guy in the front of the album I wonder what mm. the music sounds like mm. like. Do we even know what artwork was on Suffocation's last album? Or you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I started driving as well, it's like um Cordy be saying, you know that the third song on such an album and he'd give me the name of the song and I'd be like, I don't know song titles anymore. Yeah. I just you know, because when you were a kid you sat on the edge of the bed, you were reading the inlay card. And now it's just mm-hmm. oh that's not sounding amazing. Click next, mm-hmm. click next. No, I'm sick of that band, click next. You never, you know, it's 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 dreadful. Like, I try my best to leave something on when I put it on, but if you're not interested in it, you're yeah. not interested in it. You but you think that you know? that kind of permeates down to the Irish metal scene as well? The I do bands. because, yeah, I do because I think I think the scene is very saturated. And look, maybe like Dave said, I'm that old rocker and that old fart that's like, <laughs> you know, what's what's post metal? Mm. You know, <laughs> you did ask that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of to make a point like yeah but um and Dave you're a bit more liberal than me but it's just like I always say oil and water don't mix and if you have to think about what metal was when it was first when it first came out it had certain elements that made it what it is mm. and then if you dilute those elements or take those elements out well then it's not metal anymore so you know I'm just kind of like you're old school then. Yeah, I'm like just so yeah, but like I'm, I'm it was always ju- going to diversify and and move across yeah. with 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 probably the younger gang that are coming up because they have way more exposure to alternative tastes at their fingertips. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Doesn't mean before, they have to like it though. I know, but we're before like <laughs> maybe um, maybe we're not the people to be kind of critiquing it because our fingers aren't on the pulse of it, you know, mm. as much as. Yeah. But we know where I think I know I think I could safely say I know where it's coming from because as you said mm-hmm. there's no big event anymore for an album launch um, everything is yeah. on their fingertips so they can share Where's the it. mystery anymore yeah. they can share it amongst them friends you know they can dissect an album and take two songs out of it and throw it on Spotify to a mate of theirs and go oh yeah that's that's cool you know, so there's no waiting anymore. There's no like waiting for the postman for a week or two weeks it, yeah. to get the thing and then it no. takes the value out of it, like it takes the yeah. goodness out of it. Like it's like, it's, you know, if I, I don't have kids myself, but if you like, if you spoil a, a child, how are they going to appreciate anything? So we are spoiled. Like, all right, the New Testament album is out. Boom, there it is. I can listen to it straight away. Yeah, you don't appreciate it as much. Like no. you, you kind of go right. No, geez, that's a really good effort. That's great. It's typical of them, and it's some new parts and blah blah blah. But you don't appreciate it like like you did when you had to mm. sit but, down and put it on, you know? But uh, look, the other side of it then is the likes of you who don't have to spend much, you can get a digital release. 
straight out. Yeah, you know, that's the that's, thing. It's it has its pluses thing, yeah. and minuses, you know. Mm. And I mean, so for like, like, but even just going back to that, the youngsters will find something to kind of, however they want to express their aggressions or their, you know, mm. the, the sound that they found is is just something that maybe I don't recognize yet or something. But um, but yeah, the fact that we are able to kind of access all these tools, get our we get our logo done by a guy in Mexico, you know, just online. We can get like, um, if we want to get t-shirts printed up, we just contact somebody. You know, everything was, everything was, is so much more, um, yeah, so much more accessible for us. It is. That presents its own problems as well because, um, like maybe our release, I think um, a few, like few people wanted physical release and maybe because of that, our release didn't have as much value, you know, because it's not something you can hold in your hand and go, you know, when you picked up a demo, I remember buying the Hex demo years ago. Yeah. Back, I, could, I can tell you the day I bought it because I remember the gig I bought it at. And um, I remember it was March the 5th, 2005 because it was a, a gig in Dublin. And I remember buying that and holding on to it and playing it every day and, and you know until i wore out the cd and the same with the sinister my cd and i just saw that somebody posted uh, the irish metal archives posted that back up online again thank god because that's a, a lost mm. classic that was and um but yeah so like i do miss um i do miss the the what would you call it the, the process of going through a physical release so something like for example bands always had to spend money on the releases you know so we'd say for example you could release an ep on a cassette now you know because yeah. there is people that are doing it in ireland yeah and doing it um, see adrian foley's band uh, necrokinesis just got a tape release there recently you know adrian from stereo nasty uh, oh and... man what that's a fucking great there's some great tracks in that man yeah really good stuff is that another issue that bands aren't prepared to spend the money and just leave out a digital release and not spend the money on doing something like a 50 cassette run. That might kind of add to the saturation that Jason was mentioning, you know? Um, I don't know how you feel about that, Jay, but like, yeah, if if everything's just digital and in the ether, then it's sort of like, what's the hook? You know, what's the the reason to, um, you know, if you're... But then that also, you know, it has so many pros and cons because then that also allows just the music to stand on its own two legs without any sort of ballyhoo or anything like that. So, um, But as a band, right, I, I'm just going to put this out to you and argue <laughs> or debate, we'll say. As a band, <laughs> I would like to see Grave Sermon have something physical for me to hold, be it a CD, a cassette or a T-shirt or something. And is that a case... Do you obviously discuss it amongst yourselves? Yeah. Uh, what is the next step for Grave Sermon? In because, like, you are old school lads. I think, uh, I think, like, physical releases, like, if you're not going retro with tapes or retro with um, what do you call it, records, uh, long playing mm-hmm. records or whatever it is, I think CDs are still the thing. Like, if it's a physical copy, you go for CDs, like, mm. but I mean, it's all but kind of extinct really like you have you have your um upload and streams and all that so for us personally like and it's probably the first time i'm saying it unless unless we did a few vinyls but like oh god here we go at the vinyls <laughs> but, but i'm kind of like but it's not a thing it's not a thing to release cds anymore 
I know. Because people will go, well, why will I take the CD from you when I, I can get it on Spotify? Mm-hmm. I, and then you'll have the odd guy that will go, oh, I'm a, I'm a record guy. I collect them, so I'll take that off you. You know what I mean? I remember we had a what? conversation about it. Sorry, uh, Richie. Um, and I think I would have liked the... I was. I think I was arguing for, for anything and everything, you know. My head would be a bit in clouds sometimes, you know. Like, let's do this run of long sleeve T-shirts. Let's do this. Let's do that, mm-hmm. you know. Like your classic death metal with the logo all down the sleeve. I imagine that, I imagine that a lot, actually. <laughs> but uh, I was just thinking about making my own one recently. But, um, yeah, I suppose you have to weigh it up with kind of, they are nice to have. A small run is nice to have, and it might be something to consider. But um, Is that the change that I'm on about? Is that the change nowadays that bands like yourself are quite happy to sit back and go, we have the digital release out here, let's move on. I'm just amazed. And as I said, like, we're not young, but we all know what it's like to have a, an album. We all know what it's like to have physical lyrics and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering, are you looking at other bands in the scene and going, look, they have their digital stuff on Spotify and they have their digital cover and we don't have to actually do any more? Well, I think initially we were kind of, we just wanted to get it out there, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then just get a few ears, listen to it and get gigs. I think it like, unfortunately, like the way things have gone, this has become our, um, our release, you know, uh, every, the, the only thing I suppose that people would know about us. But initially I think it was going to be kind of like a vehicle to get us gigs. Yeah. And then we would have recorded like, was it. I yeah, I don't know, Jay, were we going to do an album or were we going to do another, maybe a five, mm. five track EP or something like that. And we yeah, had like if it was, what we were if, going to do, you know, to a degree. Sorry, but, David. Ahead, Just at that point, if it was something that we were going to put five or six tracks on or a full length album, then I would definitely seriously consider a physical copy. You wouldn't like you have to have the album in your hand. It's such an achievement like it mm. for people like us that it's whatever semi professional, like, all right, we're not fecking immolation or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's something that only happens a couple might only happen a couple of times in your life where you record mm-hmm. an album. Yeah. So you want that physical copy, but what can often happen is you're right. Everyone in the band has a copy like, and we've sold 150 or, you know, so. Mm. So let me put it this way then. So what would be your version of success within the Irish metal framework? Uh, Support slots with big bands um, Mm. in the major counties. Okay. And getting out and um, about, getting out and about and touring as well. And having proper slots on, the biggest festivals in the country, that's as big as mm. it gets in our style of music in this country, you know? Per- mm. yeah, personally, I'd like to kind of, and I know Jay would as well, because we, we have talked about it, um, kind of getting a tour, you know, like maybe like um, however that goes, you know, but like to just play a couple of gigs here and there um, outside of the country and not just on a kind of a jaunt, you know, just like to go on a little holiday with the boys, but like to, you know, to, to do something that's sort of... Um, I suppose worthwhile, you know, or feels worthwhile to us because, yeah. the, and yeah, there is a difference, it. you know, um, we're not like, like we're all 35, 40, apologies to Mark, who's not 35 or 40, but you know, <laughs> the rest of us are, and you know, there's families and careers and that's the harsh reality, unfortunately, you know, and there's taking days off work and there's, playing gigs and then getting up at the crack of dawn to, you know, so it, it does kind of limit a little bit what you can do. You can't just like go, Hey, we'll take four days off 
and we'll all we'll go to Scotland and play four gigs and then we'll bring these boys back like you might have done when you were younger you know you'd be like let's go anywhere and let's bring anybody over here that we can get over here uh, which I would have done a lot like uh, when I was in Grand Rune years ago like we were doing gig swaps not that mm. I would have done it but the band would have done yeah, it as yeah. a whole and you know because we almost felt you know when you're young you have that sort of oh we can make it we can do this you know and we'll mm. We'll uh, we'll end up fucking going on tour with like whoever you know I don't know who we we would have wanted to go on tour with that maybe we'll get the At the Gates tour you know something mm. like that uh, that'd be your your big dream and I suppose you're sort of you have all the pipe dreams sort of knocked out of you by the time you get to our age and you start loading up and you're opening the gig again and you're kind of starting from the bottom so I don't know if we have a kind of if we ever sat down and talked about what our vision of success would be but, well i um, mean success to me at this stage like is to be honest like uh, like we haven't even rehearsed in over a year and i still play drums every week like uh, I I don't think it, well about 10 months yeah right but like i always want to improve as well, a drum basically. player like mm. um the the main thing with this style of music is Make it do your do your utmost, do your best. Write quality music, perform it with with a hundred percent passion, and effort and energy, and make it count. Do stuff that matters. I mean, if if it's down in Cork at Monolith and we're on a we're on a good we have a good slot and there's good bands headline and we're rubbing shoulders with quality acts and we get a good crowd reaction and it's hmm. it's like Dave said it's worthwhile and it's satisfactory and it's an experience and it was enjoyable and you don't lose too much money and you, everyone has a good time that's that's it like you know if you want to hmm. get paid join a wedding band ah yeah I know yeah but uh, as hmm. I said I just okay, being... covers if you want to get paid yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah true but it's, just... uh, it's the injustice of it all but anyway not... <laughs> I know yeah like one percent will make money on this thing in Ireland yeah. anyway to like the primordial and stuff every band have different um, ideas of success um, you've released three songs I'm hoping we'll say in 2022 that we will see you touring regularly around Ireland and maybe mm. abroad as well but like you need a good solid release to back that up but I think you Absolutely, have all yeah. the components there you have the right members, so it's it's just Definitely, interesting. Yeah. It's just interesting um, in what your version of success would mean. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, like unless you're somebody like Primordial that started in the early nineties and has been consistent since then, mm. unless that's unless that's the case, like to go somewhere, you need to spend money. Like, ah, yeah, you know. Like you, you talk about recording an album. Like you're gonna to have to if you want to go to Fuel or go, I don't know, anywhere in Germany or whatever, and you want to hit a big studio in order to get a decent sound, you're gonna spend thousands and thousands of euros. Mm. And realistically, if you want to go on a buy-on tour, it's five, six euros minimum. Like you know, I, mm. and that's what I mean by it being saturated. Who is going to notice? No matter how good, I don't know how bands manage it because, like, no matter how good we sound it all depends on who hears it or who do we know or like what do you do when you keep trucking like you know i mean yeah. i heard your man the drummer from havoc was having a uh a, 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 an interview with um was it 
Frank Black, I think. No, I can't remember the guy's name. Randy Black or something like that. He's the drummer from Destruction. He was in Annihilator. And the the Destruction guy was um, interviewing the Havoc guy. Hmm. And the way the young guy in Havoc, the drummer, the way he said it, like, you know, oh, I just put an ad in the paper and I've got with this band. And then the Havoc guys found out with about me through that band and I got called up. And it was like, is that actually how easily it happened for him like do you know and you're kind of going is that luck or I know he's a great drummer like but he's not doing anything that people in Ireland couldn't play you know and just kind of makes you think and like making it what is making it like you know it's unless you're kind of a corpse you're not making it you know yeah I remember watching the Dismember documentary years ago and one of my favourite ever bands and you know I think uh, the singer was like working you know, I think I, I could be wrong about that, but maybe he was like cleaning graffiti and stuff as a council worker. And you're just like, and they managed to get full time, you know, after a point, maybe 2010 kind of a time. But it's like, yeah, I think if you go out there with any ideas of making it, if I mean, the sort of just playing the music is its own reward. That's it, you know? that's it exactly. Yeah. And like, it's great to think about touring and stuff like that. But like, I don't think we've ever been sore about the idea of like like every band thinks that they want they're like oh you know like we could mm. do this or we could do every band thinks that because if you don't i don't understand you know you have to have a little bit of confidence in your own ability as a, as a as a as a group but um yeah i think just the, the just the joy is just playing and just hanging out with the boys and and just making a racket in 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 the practice in the room, rehearsal and, room. Like I love rehearsal. That's that's it. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah. Rehearsing, like, rehearsing is is almost as much fun as doing a gig. Like you know, and I know Jay misses that. Like, but um, for I know you, I know you're cracking up just having to play drums by yourself. <laughs> Back in and, the beautiful days, and you were rehearsing. Like, who's the main joker of the band? Oh, I don't know. Corey will always get into a mood where he'll uh, start acting the maggot. And then I would be like, <laughs> yeah, Jay, <laughs> you're fairly bad as well. <laughs> yeah, well, Corey gets me going. And Jay'd stop in the middle of a song and start telling a joke. <laughs> and we'd be creasing ourselves. It, we have good, we've good old crack in the, in the practice. Yeah. The and it'd be like, yeah. shh, we're trying I to get Mark, apart here. Stop joking. Right? Yeah, I, I think Mark, Mark and, and Greg might be, and they would joke along. But I think they'd probably just roll their eyes okay. at us when we start talking absolute ball. <laughs> I think me and Jay would talk a lot of bollocks to each other and I think Jay and Corey would talk a lot of bollocks to each other and they're different kinds yeah um, but there's an awful lot of shy talk goes on but I think oh, yeah. you have to when you have a group of lads together, you know that goes back to the like uh, bad incarnate days as well where it was just like it's like you had some personalities in the same room um, Bill Whelan was probably the sensible one Steve was Steve was Steve. Corey was like as hyperactive as I was, you know, and uh, you could stop in the middle of the song. I, I played a drum beat in an Abaddon rehearsal one time and Corey said, play that drum beat again. And he started playing, I don't know what Michael Jackson song it was, but he started <laughs> playing the bass line for a Michael Jackson song over it. <laughs> and then like almost pig squealing the vocals. <laughs> Right. And I was like, that was fun, you know, but like, it can't be in a bad incarnate song. <laughs> but like, <laughs> everything kind of has that sort of like the song creation process in general has like, sure, if you talk to any band, like the song titles you have before you actually come up, you know, before you. Working titles, yeah. Yeah, like, um, I think we have one, what do we call it? The, the, the Black Mariner, because it has kind of like a long intro piece. 
which reminded Corey of Ryan with the Edge oh, of Marin, it's good. kind of a black yeah, metal yeah. kind of but yeah. you know but just uh, I remember on Rumi's yeah if you write the if you write the songs up on the whiteboard like it's <laughs> it can be a bit of a free for all you <laughs> I know actually, so I actually found a page that me and Corey were rehearsing we were me and Corey rehearsing there months months back when the lockdown was over and we were writing out the structure of a song and then in marker at the bottom of the song was just massacre right so i come across this piece of page and i go right the only thing i can think of is this song must sound like the death metal band massacre, massacre. yeah so that was a little prompt this is Hopefully. this is the song that sounds like massacre <laughs> you know what i mean is it just the silly things like you know that you can the minute Marshall. you said that i um, automatically thought yeah that's the band yeah as well rick yeah. ross and all them jesus yeah and like did any of you ever get hurt playing gigs injuries or anything like that how do you mean into fights like I know you could fucking fall over a fucking. Oh, just, this <laughs> oh I thought you meant like fighting with other bands. Well, um, if you want to throw that into, I don't know. <laughs> I've had a couple of drumming injuries, yeah. Really? Yeah, I um the worst drumming injury I probably ever had was a tendinopathy in my forearm. So it's just like a really bad case of tendonitis. Um, that put me out for about a year. I couldn't train. I couldn't couldn't even text. Couldn't play the PlayStation. Jesus, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, PlayStation is the worst thing imaginable for... You'd be better off going into the gym and lifting weights than playing the PlayStation if you have tendonitis. PlayStation mm. and texting is the worst possible thing, you know? Um, It was a postural thing at the end of it. Like, um, my girlfriend Nikki's a Pilates instructor. She sorted me out. It was coming from my upper back and my, my shoulder girdle. Like, you know, it's, um, a mobility issue, let's say, which mm. then travels down the, the chain of muscles and I was just overdoing it. Yeah. But th- then again, I, I wasn't uh, overdoing it. I was just in a bad alignment. Yeah. And, um, then if you yeah. see any Dave Grohl type effort, efforts falling off stages and yeah. stuff. I, I had a bad one years ago. Again, a ground rule. We got the support. We got the support decapitated oh, and they were my favorite fuck, band. I love wow. decapitated. Just what a band. Oh, I was starstruck the whole way. And uh, because we had tickets to the gig and some band had pulled out and we had maybe asked about Jeez, it. I didn't know that. Page gave us a gig and we were delighted. But in the back of the voodoo, if you've ever been in the voodoo mm-hmm. lounge, uh, there's a carpeted stairs. Yeah, there's a carpeted stairs in the backstage area. Yeah, going yeah, down. yeah, yeah. And I think I gave my f- friend a ticket. And we had, and I was like, oh, maybe we, uh, and I was trying to watch the band from the side. And he was there. Maybe I was trying to draw his attention, or maybe he was with me actually. I was like, oh, come on, you fucking me call that, and he's cool. And uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Um, I fell down the stairs. <laughs> but I was, I was a few points in, I think, anyway. But I didn't, I didn't even feel an ounce of pain, you know. You're just looking around, just like, who the fuck saw me do that? Just so I could see the capitate from the side of the stage oh and watch, uh, you know, <laughs> sit down your arse watch like. the boys. I slipped down okay. the arse. I did a little roly-poly and um, I think, I can't remember. I remember it being like, I was like, thank God there's such a thick carpet on that stairs. I'm hitting the door. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. But that, that was the, and I've, back in the day, I've headbutted a few headstocks of guitars and stuff like that by accident. <laughs> and, you know, where you pretend, you pretend that it didn't hit you. You know, you're just like, or you hit your teeth off. The, I've hit my teeth off the microphone a few times, I, and that really hurts. I was only texting, <laughs> but you have to pretend that nothing happened. Like, was, yeah, you have to pretend you're fine. Like, I was only texting one of the girls there from Cork recently, and um, I said, "Oh, geez, I never said hello on Facebook when you know I said to set the friend request." 
Do you remember the gig? The gigs we used to do in Fred's, and she's oh, they, they were the days like, and the stage was so small in Fred's Eppins mm. that. Mm. Like, the boys hasn't get, changed. <laughs> yeah, the the boys were so nervous that like you know when the song started, you you know we were only young and they'd start headbanging just to be doing something like you know because mm. you were nervous about being in front of a crowd. And time after time, their hair would get caught in the cymbal stands. Oh. So you'd have Paddy or Dave or John and it'd be going fucking nuts next to me. And <laughs> they'd be stuck and they'd be playing the song like this, right? And I was like, don't you move. If you knock over that cymbal, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> and, you know, just, just, just let me do now. This is yeah, here to free you up. Just a couple of seconds. So he'd finish the song like this and then bam. And he'd be like, oh, John, Jesus Christ. Just rip your hair. Just tear your hair. And the, the hair would get torn. And, Jesus oh, Christ. man, some crack, like, you know. So, that's a nightmare to play live as well. You know, the boys have the sloppy guitars with the... Oh, where they yeah. Haven't piped, they haven't cut off the strings and there's, like, loose bits of... That's my, that's my kryptonite on stage. <laughs> Just like, I think Gavin was a terrible man yeah, for that as well. Yeah, Dave has a glass eye, Richie. <laughs> Just I was just always worried. Or it would get it you into the happened, eye. I was always worried that it stabbed me oh, right in the God. eye. Yeah. Jesus that Christ! Would straight into your eyeball. Jesus that would Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Death by guitar string, huh? That's about the extent of the injury. Other than when you try to put your foot in a monitor or something, and you're trying to be real cool, lad, you know, or you're getting really into it and you start wobbling or something because you haven't balanced yourself properly. That's happened a few times. And so. You've never dived off a stage, Dave, as a frontman, no? I have. I I knocked a fella out actually <laughs> one time years ago uh, at an all-ages gig. Um, you know, there's about 15 people there and they're just like carrying me around. It's just a bullshit gig, you know, in a youth club uh, when we we're starting out with that band years ago. And um, I was fully, yeah, so I never ever drink or anything like that before a gig. And uh, fully Jaeger, and we were playing the song, and there was a, a girder, a steel girder on the foot uh, in the thing. So they were like picking me up. They're basically like, I wasn't crowd surfing. There's about four lads kind of carrying me around, you know, that way. And uh, I ended up grabbing onto the girder, I don't know, just arsing around, you know, and I felt like somebody was trying to grab my wallet out of my pocket. <laughs> I don't think they were, but I just jumped down onto the ground. I was like, oh, I'll stop now. And the heel of my foot just hit your man right in the oh, head and he just went blonk. <laughs> he was grand. He was grand two minutes later, but uh, I remember that, yeah. Oh, man, I remember playing Cavan with Primal Dawn and it was just after Rory joined the band, Rory uh, McDonough. And... Mm. I can't remember the name of the pub, but this place was an absolute sweat box. I nearly passed out after it, like, and because Rory was from Cavan, everybody that he knew that was a metaler in the town or surrounding counties came to the gig, and it was it was the one of the most violent gigs I ever played. The lads, once we started playing, they just started moshing like fucking yeah. crazy. Lads were getting knocked out and everything to the point where like, like we were thought we were hard asses like we're a fucking black and death metal band from Dublin and John John actually went in the middle of the of the gig like geez guys like he's after getting knocked out and he she's after getting knocked out like just Jesus. take it down a notch <laughs> he actually turned around and said take it down a notch like and because you're going to hurt each other like look after each other it's kind of like a real slayer moment look after <laughs> each other out there you know mental like, yeah Oh, there's people flying. Like, never 
I'm reading Sorry, I'm reading like um, Harley Flanagan's book at the moment of the Cro-Max. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Christ. Oh, well, you could imagine. No, you could only you imagine. You can only imagine and add fucking an extra fucking level. It is horrific, the shit that he, he did to people. That he from did the stage. People like I know. No, no, no. No, just, well, probably from the stage, but not... But, uh, as an arsehole as a, <laughs> a person involved in the scene back in the day like oh, oh Jesus I see. that New York hardcore scene was pretty uh, yeah yeah it did violent. pretty hairy enough yeah it was it? Yeah. yeah and it, of course you know it was the whole skinhead ethic then that he brought into it and with that then mm. came the violence but it just uh, look he'd a hard life anyway but mother of Jesus Christ the, the book Certainly turn your, well. would certainly turn your stomach at stages, honestly. Like it's Jesus. Would you recommend it? Would you? That sounds interesting. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. The fact that he I, survived, first of all, but just hmm. just a, a unique. I don't know how he even remembers it. You know, because we all get fucked up a lot of the oh, time. I'm not you know, too familiar and, with the, Richie. Was it like gang warfare back in the in the scene? Or yeah. What so was he was like, living was in um, New York when it was pretty fucking dangerous so there was Hispanics yeah. there was a lot of gang activity going on so he he basically was a maybe himself and his mother were kind of living in a Hispanic neighborhood which was dangerous enough he had to get a crew together to look after himself that crew then with the rise of the Cro-Mags they became really violent and then there was younger guys coming on the scene so ultimately there was guys trying to challenge him and yeah it's, claim or... uh, it's horrific what happens to a lot of them being truthful. It is, re- you'll literally be gagging. Oh, wow. Okay, that sounds really, because yeah, I always have the sort of, when I think of the, uh, the hardcore scene, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make the rest of the band cringe now, but I'm a big, big fan of Biohazard and bands yeah. like that, like, mm. you know, and um, even a bit 25 to Life and 25 to Life, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I, I enjoy listening to it, like, but uh, I always think of them as cartoony kind of characters, you know, especially like with Biohazard, you know. So it's really interesting to hear the idea that there's actually some hard oh, kind yeah. of vicious See, stuff. See, it got watered down and he just started calling mm. them sheep then, you know, really. Um, and like he admits to himself, he's not a nice character right through certain periods of time. And he won't even go into detail with a lot of it as well. I don't know if you're selling it to me or not. Like, I don't know if it's making me want to read it more or if, if I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but on about Harley and, and the lads, if the opportunity came, what uh, musicians would you love to collaborate with? Oh, I like realistically, Richie, or just if like we'll, a dream? We'll, okay, we'll give you a realistic one first of all, and then an unrealistic one. Okay, will I go first, Dave? Huh. Yeah, because I can't think of anybody right now. I'll go realistically first. Um, I met uh, pretty good mates with Zellicult. Like, um, the boys are brilliant, but yeah. I think John. I think John is a fucking mammoth vocalist. Yeah. The first time I played a gig with him about ten years ago, whenever it was, he struck me like his fucking, and he he wasn't as intimidating looking. Um, back then <laughs> as he is now, you know, he's a, maybe he's a bit hairy or something. He's a bit larger. <laughs> But he just has this growl, man, and it just has fucking tone and depth to it. Mm. I'd fucking love to do something with him. Um, who else have we got? Uh, I often thought I'd love to go back in time and no disrespect to John Desmond, their old drummer, but or Cahill, but I would have loved to have played with um, Carnoon Rising. 
Mm. I thought Mick was a, I thought Mick was a fucking brilliant guitar player. Colin and Pete were great as well, uh, and I liked the style. It was just straight up fucking death metal, you know. Three guitarists. Yeah, <laughs> when he brought the brother so over the top. What a great yeah, band. Yeah, he brought his brother in. Then I can't remember his brother's name. Um, I'll give one more local one. I'd go back with a badden. Um, anyone else? That's quite no good, else. man. That's quite yeah. good. Yeah, no one else local. Let me see. Adam, someone might pop up, but like, right, if I was going to say who would I love to play with, and it can't be a drummer, obviously, if I'm the drummer. Yeah, uh, just like, just even like, as I said, just a guest on your future album. Who would you like to bring in? Oh, right. Um, so it has to be from the extreme metal genre, really. Okay. We were going to have Pete Helmkamp do uh, a guest vocal. We we're going to ask him to do it because he had done it for someone else in the Irish scene back with Primal Dawn. Hmm. That'd be cool. Uh, all right, if it could be fucking, I don't know. I'd love to record an album with Andy Schneep. How about that? That's very good, yeah. 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 Be interesting, um, I, man. Rich tapestry there to weave. Yeah, I just think like for heavy and for heavy power metal at the moment. I don't know if he's recorded any trash bands, but like when Blood of the Nations by Accept came out in 05, I think, the um, the production blew me away. And mm. it just, I think he's, he did like the most recent Judas Priest, didn't he? he he's did, doing yeah. everybody now. Yeah. But the, the, just the, the cleanness, the clarity, and yet the, the, the weight of his production is just, it's second mm. to none in metal worldwide at the moment you know yeah. and sure Mike I mean he's playing session or playing guitar for Judas, Judas like, Priest yeah dream come true dream come true mm. I interviewed um, H I, I, I interviewed H from Acid Rain on the show and oh very he, good must listen and he um, he was texting Andy going holy shit dude I just read mm. you're, you're now with guitarist with Judas Priest and the two of them had a, like a fanboy moment where they're texting yeah. each other can you believe it holy shit unbelievable it's it's crazy to think like you know I think in t- in today's world we kind of like we're talking about it now but before before this conversation we kind of going oh yeah Andy Schneep is doing priest now because Glenn is ill or Ken has left okay yeah but 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 then you stop and think about the what would you call the legacy that Judas Priest have they've always been relevant even mm. through the 90s when metal went like music went to the absolute dogs if you look at Pink yeah. that was 99 yeah, like, this it? is like, this is Judas Priest man but Jay, and then all but Jay like I'll just interrupt Jay because H said it as well it wasn't no fluke that Andy Sneap got into fucking Judas Priest yeah. he earned his he stripes right man. man he oh absolutely fucking, yeah. that was it H knew him when he was 17 like they were like 17 wow. 18 the two of them were best buds back then and in the same area yeah and he just said that he had dedicated his life to it you know and for what he's done yeah for what he's done and all the bands he's produced and if as as he said if anybody deserved a break and to get into Judas Priest Andy Sneap is the man through fucking dedication and hard you know well, you see, like we only see him on the stage or we read his name. You don't know what goes on in the background. I was listening mm. to a... Um, Dave, we still haven't forgotten with... about you, man. Keep those wheels oh. turning. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. The, the wheel is broken and the hamster yeah. is dead. Yeah. exhausted. 
I, on, for, I forgot about today. Sorry. No, I was just <laughs> saying them. Um, <laughs> Nick Barker, I was watching an interview like, and Christ mm. almighty, between managing bands on the road and playing with bands live, doing session recording and actually physically being in bands like mm. he should the man should be given a throne like you know what mm. I mean when when like late 90s when Cradle came out and then he went with Demo Berger and it was just like he was the absolute cream of the crop and then if you think oh, yeah but then as time went on then as time went on he started lock up and played the fastest extreme drumming known to the fucking world like you know then filled in with Testament and Nuclear Assault and Exodus and everyone else, like, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, there's a backstory to everyone yep. and you can be damn sure that it's blood, sweat and tears that have gotten them to where they are, you know. Yeah. Man, Dave. I was trying to think of a good one here. Oh, it's, it's My answer will pale in comparison to Jason's there. But... Um, <laughs> If, if we're talking about like local bands and stuff like that, kind of in the Irish scene, which would be realistic, yeah. I remember um, I wouldn't want to replace him because he's just a, a fantastic vocalist himself. But I always wanted to, I was always a huge fan of that Slave Zero EP. Uh, it, was, it was my favorite mm-hmm. one, um, which was uh, The Pain Remits. I was always like, geez, I'd love to sing that live, you know, I'd love to just fucking, but like obviously they'd grave their singing for me. He's a, just a fantastic vocalist himself. Um, there's a good few Irish bands that I would love to have like done stuff with Sinister Demise. But again, how could anybody be as, how could anybody compare it to Squelch vocally? You know, it's just like some seriously, uh, maybe like a, a Doomy type stuff. Um, stuff like uh, Morning Beloved or something like that. You know, but again, they have Darren on the on the heavy vocal, and they have Frank, the best fucking singer to ever come out of this country in the metal scene. But they so, maybe um, are just looking at it in the wrong way. What about maybe say a guitarist, an Irish metal guitarist, come on, do a few licks on on one of your songs? God, I can't even think of a good answer at the, mm. off the top of my so head. So internationally, but, but then there's a lot international. If you're talking fantasy yeah, land, like just something like at the gates, um. At the gates, or something like that, or Asphyx, something, something along yeah. those lines. Guitarists um, or, or Martin just come in and sing. Martin, you have to get Martin in, man. Yeah, you have to get Martin in. Just let, just let. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. We do a duet. We do, we do. A duet. I'll just stand back and they watch. They are <laughs> the nicest dudes in metal. Man, I we met- spent forty-five minutes with them when they played Dublin in the Voodoo, maybe three years, three or four years ago. Oh yeah. I I met Matt the Hail of Bullets when they played the point and he stepped off the stage and I was like, fuck, I have to say something to him, you know? Because mm-hmm. I remember listening to Consuming Impulse on vinyl in my brother's room, you know? And I went up to him and said, he was shaking hands, everyone says, hi, Martin, no, just a big fan of yours. Like, you know, you were, you were my first favorite death metal vocalist. And he just looked at me and said, Thanks for coming to the gig, man. And all I can think was that he couldn't understand my Irish accent. Like I was having this moment with him, and I'm like, you know, man, fair play to you. Like, this is more than me just saying hello. Like, you're the yeah. first that I just was completely fascinated by your vocals, blah blah blah. And I don't think he could understand what the hell I was saying because of my Irish accent. Either that he's like, yeah, everybody is. <laughs> Join the fucking queue. I, I don't know what happened that night. It must have been timing or whatever, but like we all, there was four or five of us came up from Cork. And as soon as, yeah. And as soon as we got in, 
we went over to the merch stand and they were all the lads, Paul, the guitarist and Paul and Martin were there. And then, um, what's his name? The drummer or Husky. Husky was up the bear, but uh, the bass player was there. So we got loads of pictures with him. And then we just went back out to the smoking area for smoke and all that. And the stuff Martin told me, and do you know what he was wearing? He was wearing a Cork Winterfest t-shirt. Oh man, he Imagine remembered that. Imagine that. And he yeah, fucking threw it on. Like, we couldn't believe it. We were saying, Jesus yeah. Christ, we were actually at that. And he was, ah, oh, yeah. Man, he taught me shit about what happened in Mexico that will never leave my lips. But my it God. was just unreal. <laughs> we had him, as I said, we had him to ourselves for 30, 40 minutes. And, and like in the end, myself and my best mate to me, we were telling Paul, the guitarist, to slow down. Stop fucking drinking, man. You'll be shit-faced yeah, if you keep going yeah, the way you're going. Because yeah, he was yeah, having yeah. such the crack. You yeah. see, I think that's a huge thing with, with Ireland and Scotland maybe as well. It's that international bands love coming to play to Ireland and meeting the fans. Because we're, we're, we're sociable, like. We're different. We're different. Mm. You know what I mean? Because there's no stardom. It's just, well, come on, have a fucking beer and yeah. have the fucking <laughs> chat. And we'll always you have a story for them. <laughs> Yeah, mm. you are drinking Guinness. Shut up, you take. You're not having that German beer. You're having a Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Classic. there's definitely an argument to be made about that. Like for for bands coming yeah. in into Ireland, I'd say they fucking enjoy it. Like, yeah, I think like um, I, think I, I saw a thing with Bill Burr recently. He was talking about that. <laughs> uh, I know that's totally off whack, but just like, but the same thing, the, the, and Irish and Scottish people you mentioned, just there's something kind of about the characteristics, you know, I suppose everybody feels like they know each other, you know, it's kind of like a very almost aggressive friendliness, you know, where you're just like, well, well, how are you getting on? That was fucking brilliant. You, you will have a drink. You will have a drink. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I love that, an aggressive friendliness. Yeah, I think that sums it up. <laughs> we almost force themselves and then apologize. Lads, I'm going to leave you go, man. It's been a fucking treat to have you on. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us, Rich. Really appreciate it. God knows what next year will entail, but I'd imagine, and, and fingers crossed and everything, that you'll have something for us to release. Yeah, and... well, hopefully we'll be able to get together, rehearse and write something and go go and record. We'll just have to wait and see what's mm. going to happen with COVID, you know. It's just putting out tape in your hand. Uh, yeah. Whatever, man. A physical <laughs> copy of something, please. Do me grand. Yeah, awesome. Richie, thanks a million for having us on, man. It's been great. Yeah, and stay in touch, crucially. Absolutely. And will, yeah. anything I can help you with, it goes without saying. There's no problem. Ah, so okay. to you, dude. Thanks a lot, yeah. man. Thanks a million. Now I have the goo for a load more Guinness. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah, same here, yeah. it, you know? <laughs> So you've been listening <laughs> to Jason and Dave from Grape Sermon. Check out all their stuff. Dave has promised that he's going to put lyrics on... White, white and Sepulchre. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. the one. <laughs> and um, we'll hopefully see something proper in 2020 when I'd say that's fair enough to say, lads, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. We have, a new bit of, we have quite a bit of stuff like in the pipeline and kind of almost formed mm. songs yeah. so and we're very excited about cool. them and um so yeah fingers keep crossed. it vicious fingers that's crossed. all just keep, keep it the vicious. Song vicious i love that yeah. keep it vicious and uh, you can listen to the metal cell hit that subscribe button and thanks for listening cheers cheers reggie all the best